I'm Justin. I'm a Skullcom librarian. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Sadie. I work IT at a public library, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Jay. I'm a metadata librarian, and my pronouns are he, him. And we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Haley. I'm a they, them archivist. I work at the National Museum of African Art, and I am the founder slash creator of Q4Q, the Queer Personals podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I like they, them archivist. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's a good way to tie that in there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Probably not the first they, them archivist, if I remember correctly. No, I feel like archivists and librarians in general, just they, there's a lot of they, thems that find their way into the sphere. But phrasing it that way, instead of yeah. like, oh, my pronouns are they, them. It's like, I'm a they, them archivist. Yeah, I gotta put it out in front, you know, just like center the they themness before, you know, the job title. Because, you know, I am a person. I don't even think you're the first they them archivist we've had on here, I think. No, because the, the leather, leather archives. archives yeah. yeah. I listened to that one. Which is excellent. More they them archi- archivists, the better. I was wearing bondage gear during that episode. It was a shame it wasn't, you know, I didn't wasn't get a picture. Yeah, I know. You still got it. Yeah, I could just, just wear it again. again. Yeah, <laughs> I can just wear it. Uh, Arthur, are you hugging me with your tail, buddy? Arthur does this thing where, like, you know, in movies where the teenagers are on a date at the movies, and the one does the stretch and puts his arm over. Arthur does that with his tail <laughs> when he's sitting behind me. Yeah, right. You know, now that the black sails is like popular, you can bring back the line: "If you were a pirate, would you put your parrot on this shoulder or this shoulder?" Oh, yeah, because there's, like, the comedy version <laughs> oh of, of Black Sails that I have no interest. I love Black Sails. I haven't finished it, but I, I'm sorry. I don't want – I don't care about the gay pirate show. I haven't watched it. I love Taika. I, I, it's already reached peak. I'm tired of hearing about this, and I didn't get a chance to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch It'll it. It'll be, like, two years, it. and then I'll watch it. I'm, I'm going to love everything about it. I studied pirates, kind of, kind of tangential to the work I did. Yeah, I have that, like, Pirates and Sodomy book. Yeah. I only know Pirates of the Caribbean with Keira Knightley, so. Mm. Yeah. Pirates are always fun because they live in this really weird stage of, of capitalism where it's, like, happening and colonialism's happening, but also no one can really enforce the international order because that doesn't happen until, like, the late 1800s, so. Yeah. Anyway, not going to get into pirates. Not my field, but it would be a fun field to do specifically. But um, I did have to read some pirate primary sources for my thesis. So we're going to talk about the Q4Q podcast, a personals jaunt. Uh, how would you describe the show so I don't get it wrong? I would describe the show as me hanging out with a person. Uh, most of the time they're queer or identify as queer. Sometimes they don't. And we look through old queer publications and read some fun, dirty, sexy, creative, just plain bizarre personal ads. Figure out if like we would have written back to them and kind of talk about like how society was in that time uh a lot of episodes are like cute or funny and uh, other episodes are more like we're gonna dig into this like one thing this one like maybe not so great part of the queer community that you know it, it, it uh 
I can't find the words for it, but like the, 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 the type of like some, some part of the community that isn't necessarily like the greatest. We want to talk about that too. Cause you know, we're all living in a society. We all do bad things. And sometimes we need to talk about that, you know, you got to talk about the mask for mask, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, from what I can tell from the episodes, you tend to like, I mean, obviously you create themes, but it seems like whenever you're working on a specific episode, you're pulling from like one source at a time because it's all like the same geographical area and the same time period because these publications don't last that long. Like, is that a fair assessment or am I totally off? No, no, that's a, that's a definitely a fair assessment. I mean, it's for some episodes, I focus more on a uh, geographical location. Others, I focus on the specific publication and sometimes it's, I have a guest who is interested in a different theme that I have, and it kind of spans all of those things. And we try to talk about all of that at once, which is maybe a little bit more difficult <laughs> to cover in an entire episode. But Well, they're also pretty short, too. I mean, you, you pack a lot into like a short amount of time. I've had a lot of... Not a lot of feedback, but I've had some people talk to me about like, oh, sometimes when I'm listening to a thing, if it's over 60 minutes, I get a little bit anxious about like if I'm going to finish it or not. So I try to keep them under that 60 minute mark because even like the five or 10 minutes over sometimes can be daunting. And I feel that too sometimes. So I try to keep it within that minute mark-ish, but... Sometimes there are like really great conversations that I want to cut out. So I'm like, we're just going to go and everybody's going to like just vibe with that. It's going to be great. I'll try to shut the fuck up for most of the recording. <laughs> no, this is our episode. We can go as long as we want. Yeah. The, the hogs will like it. Oh, by the way, Justin will do drops and he will interrupt you and just talk through him. Oh, that's fine. I yeah. love that. He does them a lot. Uh, so where'd you get the idea for the show? Uh, do you want to tie that into like your work or how did it all come together? Um, well, my work. So I work at the National Museum of African Art in a, the archives, which is specifically photographic. That's not really connected in large part with the podcast. In fact, it kind of came out of like the podcast itself came out of the pandemic and getting a job sort of within a field that I wasn't necessarily uh, specializing in. I love archiving, but I was like, I want to really get into dig into like the queer community, whether it be in DC, whether it be in my where I grew up in Indiana, where whether it be like across the fucking ocean into all the other places. So it kind of creating this podcast was both like a long and short game. I was very fascinated by newspapers and specifically queer ones and how they capture particular moments in time and just like the different moments in communities. And I was always using these LGBTQ sources in my research throughout grad school or undergrad, whatnot, during different uh, papers, et cetera. And personal ads always grabbed me. They were always like, there during my research but they were never like the focus and when the pandemic happened i graduated from my public history master's program into a pandemic and i was like yeah uh so it like i find a hobby i didn't have a job i was like you know what i'm just gonna do this thing kind of relax not make money i just want to jump back into the research that I didn't have time for while I was, you know, uh, studying for my life. And when I thought about research that didn't make me want to die, I was like, personal ads, they sound incredible. So I started looking at different online sources because none of the physical archives were open and came across a lot of different, like, digital publications and just spent a lot of time going through screenshotting being like, I could really do an episode. I could make a podcast about this. I could conceptualize something where it's, I don't know, just thinking about the the now and then the then, and then the 
people just being in love, wanting love, craving some kind of connection with someone. Um, but yeah, that's my spiel. Yeah, I know that feeling. I was pretty unemployed after grad school for a while, and I just wanted to go back into doing the work. So it was... Um, also, this podcast started during the pandemic, so... Yeah. I wonder how many queer podcasts started during the pandemic. Hopefully a <laughs> or lot. Or just podcasts in general. I hope so, too. No, I, I was kind of... When I... When Justin first said that, like, we were going to be doing this episode, I I was really excited because I live in Washington and kind of Seattle adjacent, especially when I was growing up as like a young teen. And me and my friend would always try to get our hands on a copy of The Stranger. Have you heard Have you heard of The Stranger? I, I haven't heard of it. Uh, it's, Dan, it's where Dan Savage kind of started, if... Yeah, uh, so he had he had the Savage him. Love column in there, and there were personals, uh, and that was like the two reasons we would grab it at like a ferry dock or if we were ever downtown or anything like that. So it just brought all of that back. I was like, oh yeah, we used to just like read those in like the very very late nineties, early aughts. It was like two, and she's queer too, and neither of us knew it at the time. Just like pouring over these personal ads, like. As we're riding a ferry to go into Seattle for whatever reason. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. That's incredible gay culture right there. Yeah, I think um, that that grad school time, sorry, I'm still on this, but it's like a weird time in your life because like that was when I started, uh, I, I convinced, I was a grad assistant and I convinced our special collections to move to a Tumblr blog so that we could just post all the cool photos of shit that we found. Instead of like, because before they had a blog on the website that like the dean made them write and they all hated it. And we were like, why don't we just post these photos that we're scanning and emailing to each other anyway and having fun with? And I remember like Tumblr was a little more active back then. So you'd find like graffiti blogs and just like, so I can totally imagine this as like a Tumblr project where someone just finds old articles of personal ads and just like making them. But you made a podcast, which is the the Tumblr of the now. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to hear more about blog and how much um, interaction it had in terms of yeah. Just I want to see like how people like re that resonated with them because it's super fun. I know that the Leather Archives also has been posting a ton of personal ads lately with on with on within Twitter and Instagram because I've been following and retweeting or putting them on my stories and I'm like oh. I love the Leather Archives Twitter because it's so nice to just be like in line to get a chai latte and scrolling through Twitter and to see like a leather daddy, you know, it just perks you, perks your day up. I love seeing a butt during like I my love waking hours. <laughs> I thought I had a drop for butts. Sorry. No copyright law in the universe is going to stop me. What the fuck is that from? It's from Sonic. I think one of the TV shows. Oh, he's got to go fast. Mm. Okay. Yeah. He's a cool dude who isn't bothered by copyright laws. I love that for him. I wish that were me. It can be. It could be. You're right. Yeah. No one owns sh own shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, huh? Copyright I'm sucks. the weird anarchist who's really into copyright law. <laughs> Like, to break the rules of it, but I'm a nerd about it, too. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So, you mentioned finding sources for the show, um, like, mostly digitized stuff, but have you, like, stumbled across things in your work that you're like, oh, I could pull this out, or or is it all just, like, based on what can be digitized? Because that's always tricky. Yeah. I mean, I will say I haven't gone to a physical archive, like to look at any uh, sources yet because of pandemic and also time restrictions on my own life. But I did come across, there's an interesting, there was an interesting wrinkle in, in fact, the, do you guys have heard of the Lex app? Maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, very complicated has a history in the on our backs, uh, like the person, I, uh, Kel, 
based it off of old personal ads in the back of On Our Backs. So I was like, let me look at On Our Backs. Sounds great. Probably online. They are not. They are. Uh, they used to be online and like the revealed digital archives, which was hosted through JSTOR. Now they're all, I mean, they're digitized and through Brown University, but they're not online because of privacy issues. And I was like, that fucking sucks. I hate that. But then I was reading this, I think it was a Tumblr blog of like a woman who was or is a lesbian, but who was like interacting and have a lot of her friends post for the magazine and was like, you shouldn't have these online. It was like back in 2016, my friends posed for this magazine, didn't realize it was going to be online. Like, and now they have families and lives and jobs. Like it kind of sucks that you're, you have these out here for whoever to do whatever with them. I was like, that's a fair, I guess that's a fair point. Anywho, so I I did end up like contacting one of the Brown University uh, librarians and was asked them about if they could just send me pictures of the personal ads. I said, you can cut out any personal information you want. And she did. And there were a lot of good queer shit, you know, of course. But have you been in contact with the Gerber Hart at all? Um, I have liked and retweeted a lot of their stuff. I know that they just started their own podcast and did I've they? been there before. Yeah, it's I, like I a did my opening... grad practicum there. Oh really? Yeah, they what, have a shitload of oh, okay. newspapers and magazines. Like I like spent like the last few weeks of my practicum just helping them get rid of duplicates. So treasure trove, like definitely hit them up. <laughs> So I live, my, my hometown is Northwest Indiana, like on like the region that is next to Chicago on the same time frame. So I have been, I went there for the opening of the gay is good exhibition, but I haven't been there since because it was like my, I was like, I want to be gay and go to this (laughs) archive museum. (laughs) And then I immediately moved to dc afterwards and was like i can't go back and what a bummer but it's an incredible place all volunteers they're only open on like weekends yeah yeah jesus fucking christ yeah it's it's magical it's only like a few blocks away from the um leather archives as well okay yeah they're in like the same little part of chicago the queer the queer little spot yeah it's like rogers park it's Mm -hmm. not it's not the gayborhood or whatever no. uh yeah whatever that means really at this point well, I don't even well if andersonville is like the the dyke center right so i don't know anywho so i'm curious i'm not sure how long ago you started i think i heard of the podcast within like a few episodes but in the episodes you've done so far what kind of feedback have you gotten from people yeah um i consistently asked for feedback from like various guests from Twitter, from whomever. I mostly get feedback from my fiance when I'm just cruising for a bruising, asking them to like hurt me. Uh, and so hang on, I have notes because I can't remember all the things. Okay. <clears throat> Justin, you are on the drops tonight. I don't know if we've had this many drops in a while. So, Sorry, that was on repeat. I was just trying to time it so that you could talk over it, but we'll do that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll do that I, bit I, later. I got, I, got, I got intimidated and just said, I'm just going to sit right here and listen to the music. No, no. So anyway, so <laughs> the people that I asked to be on the show do tend to echo that they enjoy like the window into other people's lives. And like that look at the language that other people use to describe what they want or they don't want. Or like a lot of the feedback also has been like, ah, yes, like gay men love sex or lesbians are more flowery with their language, which isn't always true. It's just like, I think I, I kind of just choose the ones that are like really out there. And then I, it, it just kind of happens to be that. But yeah, my once again, my fiance instructed me one to stay under one hour because you know people and thinking about getting intimidated about time, but also like yeah, it's I think I haven't. I mean, I've gotten a little bit of feedback, but it it hasn't been a lot. I've only been at this for like a year, 
I have like about like 30 to 40 like genuine listeners (laughs) and most people are like seems great but yeah most of them are just like maybe turn up your sound a little bit more (laughs) I'm like okay but like give me something so yeah I know you always mention like the dating apps these days so like how are do you think like dating apps are working for queer folk like we've got the who's swiping bit Um, I will say I haven't been on a dating app since 2018, 2019, because then I met my partner and we fell in love and blah, blah, blah. But from talking with other people who are still using the dating apps, it seems that it's a, obviously like a hit or a miss. In terms of like comparing them to personal ads, obviously one of them is more text-based and so like lex is very comparative to like the personal ad in some ways except that nothing is really weeded out because there's very little editing that happens there and then the other one is like you see a picture and you get the age uh the gender of a person or pronouns and then you know location when i did my trans episode with dan griffiths he talked a lot about how trans people experience dating ads and how it was like either like fetishized or like kind of difficult to break into or interact in certain ways i'm not like quite getting like the the multiple nuances that he could go into because he wrote an entire dissertation on this whole thing but yeah i i don't know who's swiping We all swipe for different people, you know, love in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I feel like dating apps are the worst. Yeah. I'm married, so I have never had to use a dating app, like, seriously. And recently I was going through, it was a Tumblr that was just like, it was pull, it was, it was a Tumblr of posts pulled off of our Tinder and like screen caps of conversations and all of this stuff. And a friend of mine had sent it to me, uh, one that was IT related, got a good chuckle out of that. And then I ended up on this blog for three hours scrolling through all of these Tinder conversations. And it was some of the straightest shit I have ever read. (laughs) And like some of them too were like straight up, like, you know, straight up transphobic people. And then people are like, I don't, I don't see a problem with this. Why did this person get mad? And I'm just like, I can't, I can't imagine. I'm so grateful that I don't have to do dating apps. So yeah, it seems like it's a, it's a straight man's world for worse. No better. The last time I was on a dating app was like around this time of year when quarantine first started and I was like, I'm going to try being on Grinder for the first time because people can't come over. So mm. <laughs> I'll just see what it's like. And it was just a bunch of like libertarian weirdos. And then like also my pool was limited because it's like I work at a university near here. So and I'm kind of young. So, you know, and then I haven't been on one since. But on Twitter, all the like trans leather dykes that I follow always make fun of uh, Lex ads. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I mostly know about Lex is like trans leather dykes being like, what is going on? No, that makes sense. I think also like there's so many fucking personal or personal ads. Look at me. Um, there's so many different dating apps, just like whatever, like just don't none of them quite fit the bill. Like there's Tinder and Grinder where it's like, oh, you want to fuck? go ahead. Like, sounds great. Let's connect. And then there's Bumble where it's like the power is in the female's hands. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want it. And there's like, Lex is like, uh, like queer non-binary folks, which is fine. But then like, there's no kind of regulation of like what is posted. Cause it's kind of, it, I mean, it, and sometimes it's like nice because like, it's not just romance. You can like look for friends or like, like roommates or whatnot but then like it becomes facebook and like weird and i don't know in its own way or somebody just posted on twitter that like i'm gonna start writing poems on lex and like write a story and see who else comments on the story and then we can like do that together and like please don't do that but also i guess do whatever you want i don't know it's interesting 
to think about how gay dating or just dating in general has changed and not changed. And that's what the whole, my whole podcast is about. Like literally just hasn't changed. It's the same old shit, different era. Um, Maybe there's less pictures. Well, I feel like people don't, like, I feel like this would be an interesting, like in library science, because there's a lot of um, studies and research projects and everything to this day about like information seeking behaviors. And uh, I'm a metadata person, but info seeking, I've studied it a lot in my research. And I feel like people don't talk about like, I mean, maybe I've just not been looking recently, but like dating apps as a form of like information seeking like there's like definitely behaviors that go in there and there's like types of information you're looking for and the ways that you parse information about whether or not it's good surely someone out there if you can think of a a study or something about information seeking behaviors of like dating apps please send it to me because i want to read it if not i will do it (laughs) yeah same i would love to hear about that too uh yeah justin looks like uh pensive yeah, I was trying to figure out like how you would do that study, but I can't really figure it out. Yeah, I come up with these ideas and I have no idea how I would do them. I'm like, that would be neat to study. I guess if you like took certain words, like if you scanned a lot, all, like a ton of personal ads, classified ads, and took certain words and like what people were looking for, and like in terms of like age, sex, location, <laughs> just to go off of that classic AOL. Yeah. Or it's like, I feel like I've started seeing, or like I started seeing like the types of emojis that gay men use on Grindr on Tinder now as well. Mm -hmm. Like they're using like, like their semiotics of like this emoji means this, that normally was reserved for Grindr is also in like Tinder now. Hmm. Yeah. What's the term? Aesopian language when you're you're changing around language in order to avoid filters and stuff. Oh, like the like the kids on TikTok saying mm-hmm. like unalive and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. That. I think it's unalive. called Aesopian language. That's cool because it's so weird to see it happening in real time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we used to we used to always make fun of Chinese social media like ten years ago for doing that. They're like, oh yeah, mud grass, mud horse, ha 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 ha, unalive you. Um, but the one thing I do like about the podcast that always it, that comes up a lot, because I think about it in terms of like having been on the apps, although I absolutely hate them and just refuse to use them now. But it's like whenever a personal ad was like, I will reply to you and I will send you a photo back, but it's going to be prepaid postage and you got to give me time. But like clearly people are just like already sick of just sending out responses to personal ads and just hearing nothing, which is kind of like also the dating app problem of like, you're trying to talk to someone, but like you'll match and you don't talk or on Bumble. It's like, you got to wait for the timeout thing, which seems weird. Yeah. I don't know how it is. And like the other end of dating, cause I've only been doing like woman seeking woman or like friend even though I'm not like, I don't necessarily identify as a woman, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. What did you say again with that? Oh, just like the, the radio silence, like people being sick of, of just, it's like clearly coming through in the personal ads that people are sick of like having no responses. Yeah. Cause like the whole, like crazy. Cause you send a reply through, or you're like, Hey, you're cute on a personal or in a the app and you're like all right i've waited a day and they haven't replied back and you're like shaking and sweaty and like maybe they don't like me and then like 20 years back it was like three weeks have gone by and haven't heard a reply back from uh josh uh fuck Uh, i guess he doesn't like me but maybe also my letter got lost with my nude in it that's not great but okay i don't know it's yeah, gotta hate it. Yeah, and also working out like what people wanted because they're like, uh, send photo, but like, what does that mean? Does it mean like a headshot or like a nude or like? And it, it's completely unclear from the context. There was that amazing mm-hmm. Tumblr. Uh, it was like rate my dick pic, where you could send this woman your dick pic. And she would rate it based on like the composition of the photo and the lighting and whatnot. So not necessarily like the dick itself, but like how good of a photo. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that blog. It was perfect. It, it was, was so amazing. Good. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Before Tumblr outlawed porn, porn, yep. quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, they banned the nipple. Female presenting and then, nipples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Female presenting nipples, but then every odd every ad becomes uh how to get your balls as smooth as possible. Okay, so you've been noticing that too. <laughs> no, I've only noticed people talking about the algorithm has no idea what it wants. The Tumblr ads keep trying to sell me spanks and bras. Like they have no idea who I am. <laughs> no, it's That's just incredible. showing me the ball shavers. <laughs> I'm gonna look at my Tumblr right now. <laughs> been years since i've been on that site me, me and justin and sadie are trapped <sighs> yeah it got kind of good again though it did okay because like, yeah i mean there's no port on there anymore but yeah you know. half of the time that's what i use it for so i'm like <sighs> so i there's no why go back yeah the sponsored Sorry, post thing has been interesting they started you know you can you can pay to get your post sponsored for a certain amount of things and yeah, there's been there's been some pretty hilarious like it's just people boosting their own shit posts. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. Which is great. Which I'm is glad fantastic. getting the money it needs that way. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I've done that on Facebook. That's that's always fun. I, I was just like trying to learn how like Facebook ads and everything worked. So I like put like ten bucks into it and I was like, how can I craft my ad to for whatever. I don't even remember what it was. That's what my mom did for a living. She worked at like one of the places that, so when you are a brand and you want to get ads on Facebook, it's not actually Facebook that handles them. They outsource that to another company. And my mom was a, an account manager for that. So if a brand wanted to like have ads and stuff, so not just the random ad here or there, but you know, they were a company and they wanted to put ads on Facebook and like have a page and everything. My mom would like be one of the people who managed their their page and so she would get like free swag and and whatnot like my um so do you have a ton of facebook shit in your house right now don't ask me why I have or a meta screw uh no so she died a few years ago so this is before the oh, meta thing but i have this like you know oh uh, yeah thank you this like waiter's corkscrew from wines that rock <laughs> oh no <laughs> i Damn. have what i call my gay capitalism shirt which is a uh pride at facebook and it's like a spray can <laughs> Oh, I have an Instagram shirt. <laughs> That's perfect for pride in any city. Yeah, yeah. Um, she um, she got to go to the Facebook campus for Ad Week one time. You know, just capitalist hell. So yeah, so that's how ads uh, work on Facebook. Is there's hmm. someone outside of Phoenix, Arizona, and like a you know boring office managing that shit and getting like free swag. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love that for them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. As long as you get like, you know, I've had this wait I've had this waiter's corkscrew since like grad school, maybe. Like the knife, like the foil cutter's a little dull now, but like mm. it's pretty solid. You gotta sharpen that, get yourself a knife cutter. Yeah. Knife cutter. And then <laughs> sharpener. I mean technically. Cut those knives. Cut those knives. Interslice those knives. Yeah, that's what always happens with a, a foil cutter is you just like you lose your box cutter for the mail and then you just start using the foil cutter because it's all you can find. Yeah, that's what I use my paring knife for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. OK, so uh, we thought it would be fun to do a mini episode of q for q So I have loaded up your theme music and I'm just going to let you um, take it away from okay. here real quick. Hello, and welcome to the Q4Q mini-sode. Today, we will be looking at ads from the Outweek, an NYC magazine posted on outweek.net. The full 105 issues are also on this website from June 1989 to July 1991. Uh, so, everyone, the questions that we're going to ask ourselves along the way are, would we swipe left or right, and a yay or a nay? So left is the, the nay, right is the, the yay. <clears throat> is it any wonder then that I've chosen not to learn the intricacies of an antiquated and idiotic system? It is a wonder. Who would we think would go well together as a couple? 
um, or maybe there isn't anyone. What do we think is the context of the ad, the town, the city, the state, the paper, and how that affects the ad, and what generally is going on here? So, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. I used I'm to like, I was that child who would watch like the game show network where they would show all the seventies shows where they were just like asking couples what they did when they were fucking, but using coded language. <laughs> so like, I am here for this. <laughs> I'm excited. There is only some coded language. Yeah. I've, I've got a, a good uh, bit for this first one. So would you mind if I read it or. Please fucking do. Okay. Um, wait, but first, can I uh, give mm-hmm. a little bit of, sorry, can I give a little history of Outweek just to like prime yes. our little minds? This will be quick. Um, it was closely affiliated with ACT UP, the AIDS campaign for, you know, people actually understanding AIDS and safety. Both of the ads are from 1990, or the three of them are, and they are printed under the ne- underneath of the rest of the classifieds with below the model slash escort service advertisements and to the right of the businesses peddling phone sex lines. Uh, the cost is $1 per line. So you had, and you also had a seven line minimum. So you had to fill up that space. So that's why these ones are longer than like a typical one that I would have chosen. All right. And Justin, get at this. Wait, so they called in all of these ads. No, these ones, I think these ones were written in. These weren't oh, okay. called in. Okay. Because I wouldn't I don't think gotcha. I would have access. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I've got the perfect voice for, for this one. So I love this one so much. <laughs> I tested this earlier, so hopefully this works. Man meat monster. Local sex animal looking for young muscle dudes into long hot sessions with soothing fish oils and sand packs. Must like Gregorian love chants and extended vacations in humid climates. Swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. (laughs) I fucking concur. I am so curious. Gregorian love chants. (laughs) Soothing fish oils and sand packs. Like, sounds like he's into some tantric shit. Yeah, like. It sounds like somebody who would fuck in a sauna and survive. I am impressed. (laughs) And I like, is this person still looking? Is what I want to know. (laughs) You might as well write out week box 3280. Oh, right. I'm doing it. (laughs) Maybe the the box will still be in in order. And they're different boxes. So it's not like a PO box, it's like a reply box. Yeah, it's uh, it was set up by the newspaper. Um, oh, it's like your I mean, campus some... like post box. Yeah, that's so cute. Exactly like that. Except I think most of the time you had to pay for it rather than it was included with your like five thousand uh, dollar room and board. Oh, we live in hellscape. Um, but yeah, I just I, I thank you so much, Justin, for reading this and that in that fucking crazy voice. I love that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Venom movies. I'm not a, like, what is it? I'm not a young muscle dude, but everything else. Okay, so I looked up what sand packs were, and I couldn't find anything official, but I did find Urban Dictionary, which, you know, lies to you all the time. Because Mm -hmm. it's full of people trying to make up slang that, like, never existed. But apparently this refers to sex on the beach, which is something we talked about in last episode. And Jay was the only one who was in support of it. So I feel like the swiping right works perfectly. This is my new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man meat monster. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> can hear the wedding bells. Yeah, baby. Man meat monster. If you're listening and you're still looking, I'm single now. <laughs> it's probably like a silver fox at this point. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's even better. Hmm. Or he's probably in Florida because humid love or humid love climates, humid climates, you know. Maybe he's an alligator. I don't know. Loves extended vacations in humid climates. That sounds like a Yankee, which is why I have to swipe left because I just couldn't stand this person. That's okay. I'll take him. (laughs) (laughs) He's mine, Justin. He's not yours. (laughs) I hate the humidity. It's awful. I have to live in it. Why would I go there? (laughs) I hate it. But I'll deal with it for the Gregorian love chants. 
you know. Which is ahead of its time because this is before Gregorian chants took back off, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, you got to make compromises in any uh, healthy relationship, you know. Hmm. Well, I wonder if it's like to go with like that sauna stuff. Right. Of, like, we love an extended vacation in the humid climate and, you know, maybe in the spa, maybe with a sand. Maybe I'm, I'm just expecting like this person to have like a glove of sandpaper, which is not the vibe. Or maybe this is like some like, you know, gay slang for like being into armpits or something yeah that's what i was gonna say which still swipe right yeah like (laughs) what if what if human climates is a metaphor (laughs) i'm still into it it's hot yeah so anyway um shout out to the man meat monster hope you found love in me too in 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 jay (laughs) uh does anyone re- want to read the next one? I can read the next one. I liked this one. Once upon a time, an attractive 27-year-old black woman awoke to discover herself a lesbian. Immediately, while laying in bed, she threw a party for herself. Believe it or not, the celebration continues. Want to come? RSVP with photo. I, I love this one. Like, awoke to discover herself a lesbian. Like, it was just, just like, happened. it was like, it was like a divine revelation. And, you know, she immediately celebrated by masturbating the whole time. I mean, yeah. What else would you do? I'm assuming that's what immediately celebrating means. Yeah. But I would definitely swipe right on this. <laughs> she sounds like my type. I love the drama of it all. It's very operatic. She's telling a story, you know, a narrative. I could follow it. It had a beginning, a middle, not quite an end yet, though. You know, that's what the they, ends mm-hmm. is for you. Exactly. It's enticing. I'm drawn in. Yeah. Does not mention travel, which is good. Loves to travel, red flag. Loves the outdoors, red flag. Stays in bed all day. I've got to swipe right. I mean, this is my ideal partner. Just, I love that for you. Yeah, I love just that a sleepy person. Yeah. Is really good in bed in multiple ways. I mean, yeah. yeah, if, you sp- yeah. <laughs> if you spend that much time there, you know. Games in bed, eats in bed, really good in bed. Really great in bed. Can anyway, I read the last one? This one do. was made I for you, this. Jay. I know. I know. Hey, girly. I love diamonds. Show me your gems. Do you have a camera? I'm very photogenic and would love to develop a diamond-like affair. <laughs> I'm just imagining Nicole Kidman and Moulin Rouge yes. like coming down it's the French are glad to die for love and like you know going into diamonds or a girl's best friend. Like that's what's happening in this one. And I don't know if this is like the gay girl or like these are lesbians, you know, if it's like, Hey girly, or if it's Dykes, you know, either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one would need some additional context. Cause like who, who are I you? think we're all writing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely a right swiping. Right, right, right. Um, they do actually separate in, them into uh, men seeking men versus women seeking women. I am just a bad archivist and didn't write it down. So. <laughs> That's for us to decide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes it a little bit more gender neutrally, though, if you uh, want to worm your way into it. Um, I love that. Do you have a camera? I'm very photogenic. Yeah. Not send me a picture, but you want to come take pictures of me? <laughs> I love it. I have an ego and I want you to feed it for me. Yes. <laughs> it's very Spoon high that. Yes. I think this is me and time traveling into the past. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this yeah. person. I support them. <laughs> like, I, there's this just show me your gems. This can be like anything. Because be... I kind of misread it and thought it would show me your gams. Your gams. <laughs> At first. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like old school. Okay. Was this before family? Was this before during the whole family jewels slang? I can oh, look I that up. That. The Oxford English Dictionary is your best friend. I feel like that's an old one, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those things like Shakespeare would write. Like I kicked him in the family jewels, and then we all go ha 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 ha. It's the sort of thing he loves. That shit. 
Don't give me that look, Jay. <laughs> you know it what he's up to. It was the laugh that got me. <laughs> I can't hear my Otherwise, own Otherwise, it was perfect. Spot on. 10 out of 10, no notes. <laughs> okay. I have the literature degree. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to get my friends around and we would get drunk and read Shakespeare to each other. And we would call it having a shake. <laughs> that sounds fun as hell. It is actually we, really fun can we to do. S- can we restart that tradition amongst yeah. us? Can we get drunk and read Shakespeare together? That's my personal ad. <laughs> I want to get drunk and read Shakespeare with me. That's hot. That's like I, a le- I'm sure you get a lot of a lot of Lex replies with that. Oh, <laughs> don't insult me like that. <laughs> I'm so glad we went to the same place. <laughs> uh, all the people that are like, I love um, lesbians and AFABs and not trans women. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Stop being that way, Lex. Just yeah. let all the like leather dyke doms take over, and then it'll be a much happier place. You should plan a takeover someday. Oh yeah. I'm still not sure what a diamond like affair is. That's that's giving me pause. Well, it's hard. Hard and, and shiny. shiny. Hard, hard and shiny. Shiny, shiny I, and chrome. I feel. I feel like this person would go well with the man meat monster. Just because I'm I'm this person. Yeah. Like <laughs> diamond like affair, shiny, sweaty. I can just I can just see that happening on a beach somewhere. Little you know, very glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel it feels very sugar baby high femme-ishness. And like you could definitely be into some man me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this is either like if you like a vacation. And human climates, you know. Yeah, this is like a high femme, or this is like a twink. <laughs> or that, yeah, a high femme twink. A high femme twink. You know why put why put boundaries? I do the nineties in terms of camera getting it. Like I don't feel like a lot of people knew how to develop their own film, and I feel like film developing might be like expensive. So like even that element of it not only the gems not only the diamonds not only the thing she says they say camera spend at least twenty dollars on me (laughs) oh i'm just now realizing the double entendre with develop oh yeah oh this person's smart as fuck (laughs) they always are it's layered hey girly hey girly (sighs) Oh my god! I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna do it, Sadie. Which way are you swiping on this one? I don't oh. think you've weighed in. Oh, th- this one's this one's hard for me because I, I, I don't I think probably, I can swipe I, because I am this person. Yeah, <laughs> out. I'd swipe right. I I'd, I'd have a conversation and see see where it goes. I it's don't like have I a camera though, so. <laughs> Mm. It's like when I played Dream Daddy and got to Goth Dad, and I was like, wait, <laughs> I can't. I feel weird. This is just me. I can't kiss me. Self-sessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a kink for that. I was like, if although, you know, wouldn't rule it out. I went for Bad Dad as my first try, and I didn't realize the game wasn't that short because you just lose the game, basically, for not yeah, respecting no, yourself. <laughs> yeah, the... My 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 dream daddy is fucking uh, Hugo, the English teacher dad who likes wrestling. That tracks. Yeah, mm, <laughs> he's he's my daddy. I love him. That was like the that coffee was just shop a great dad. Game. <laughs> coffee shop dad's pretty good too. He takes you to a pup concert. You also smoke weed together, or you can. Do you? I don't remember that. Yeah, part. you can. What? What is this? Dream daddy. <laughs> it's a, dating a dad dating sim simulator for you, where you you date dads. You're, oh, a da- you're a dad who dates other dads. It's it's yeah. it's very fun. It's and you can choose to be gay or bi or scissors trans. And Goth Dad is canon- canonically trans, and his voice actor is trans. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. All know that. right, all right. That's it's very fun. It is very incredible. Fun. Yeah, and you all have kids. Yeah, except Bad Dad, I think. No, Bad Dad has a kid. His kid's like twenty. Uh, okay. She's an adult. Yeah. And she has a lot of trauma. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> Daddy issues. Yeah. But who doesn't? What were you going to say, Sadie? Oh, I was just going to say that when when we played that, me and my wife were fighting over who got to play next because we were sharing the same Steam account. 
Yeah, it's very fun. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah, and the the game abbreviates to DDADDS, Dream Daddy A Dad Dating Simulator. So it's dads. Dads. <laughs> oh, that's hot. No, I'm definitely looking this up when I get off to see if I can date some cute daddies. It's pretty cheap, I think. Yeah. And there's like a different kind of dad for all your tastes. Like mm-hmm. I was disappointed okay. in like the fat like bear because I found his storyline to be very boring, and I was, was disappointed yeah. because I wanted to date him so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I played through all of them. <laughs> yeah, I have opinions. There wasn't good character development, and that's fucked up. I know because he's pre hot. Yeah, you have a Pokemon battle uh, of your daughter against his daughter. <laughs> Because your whole thing is you're like enemies to lovers because you're like competitive over whose daughter is better. <laughs> Tension. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, a newer game that came out that was kind of similar was Dating Dungeon. I hate that game. Really? Oh, no. Yes. I, I played it all the way through. Oh, the one where like you date your sword. <laughs> yeah, you're a sword and you, you date was, users. It's, yeah. It, it was very like heavy-handed in a way i found very annoying a lot of people didn't like it but i thought that the a lot of the criticism was like they didn't nintendo didn't put the right trigger warnings in but steam did that's that's not why i was i i just found it very kind of like condescendingly heavy-handed with the stuff about like it's a dating sim <laughs> well I'm, yeah about the like yeah, there was. I just thought it was kind of annoying. <laughs> Dream, yeah, Dream Daddy fun. sets the standards high. It does. It is. Yeah, it's it is. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cleverly written. Yeah, I felt like the sword one took itself a little too seriously. <laughs> I can see that. It's very big on the like that this person is toxic, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I know game. I can figure that out. <laughs> I'd love to see a video game made out of personal ads. You have to make it. That would be hot. Yeah, like, you know, like a tender-like experience, but... Someone give Haley a bunch of money so they can make yeah. this game. And also some tech capabilities. <laughs> well, that's why they give you a bunch of money, so you can hire other people to do that for you. Oh, yeah, consultants. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. with the health insurance, though. Yeah, you just write it, you know, and yeah, then yeah. have other people make it for you. Or you can, like, make a twine game. Oh, there you go. A twine game? <gasps> I can help yeah. you do it. I'm so sorry. I am not a gamer. Interactive fiction where it's purely like HTML text based, like hyperlink fiction where it's just like you click things and it's like, yeah, it's just like paragraphs and you just click links into it. I, yeah. We made one at my last job for APA citation. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're very retro. Okay. They're fun. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be lit. There's a very fun one that this one, um, like trans webcomic artist I follow, and it was um, sucking Dracula's dick with the sequel, Eating Dracula's Ass, <laughs> where you're Jonathan Harker and you go to Dracula's castle and you suck Dracula's dick. <laughs> and then the sequel, you eat his ass. It's a wish fulfillment Ooh. scenario right there. A bit. Yeah. This person made um, makes like a lot of like queer vampire webcomics, so. I can just picture my grandfather looking down at me from heaven. <laughs> I fucking play that game. It's pretty good. It's very short. Uh, it's like a like, kind of like choose your own adventure. Uh, Haley, did you want to show us the cover of Outweek? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have the Jesse Helms cover of Outweek. Oh, while you're doing that, let me go grab something. <laughs> Justin, I took psychic damage. Thank you. <laughs> you can hear the lyrics, though, right? <laughs> it's a midi illusion. Was, was that All Star? Yeah. Instead of like remaking it as a midi, it's been transformed into a midi, so you can actually the lyric, the the words themselves have been changed to midi. So that's why it creates an auditory illusion that you can hear the words, but you can't. Oh, this is incredible! I'm just now seeing it. Oh my lord. Yeah. Okay. So this is the Jesse Helms cover of Out Week, which I believe, what year was this? 
Let's see, Pink Panthers. I don't. I don't. I don't know what year this is. I'm sorry. They don't have it on the cover, and that's on them. I think like within September. Yeah, this is definitely 1990. Jesse Helms. And would I? Would I? Would any of you want to uh, describe who this dickhead is? Or I have a history, but I wanted to give you all the opportunity to talk about your own feelings. Um, nah. All right. Well. So. Jesse Helms, drawn as a wicked witch of the West. He's got killer legs. He's riding a Miller Lite bottle. And he's got a pack of Marlboros in his witch's hat. And this image is advertising a later article about the boycott of the Philip Morris Company. And they both they make both the Miller Lite and Marlboro. Because they financially support Jesse Helms like a lot. And he's like a politician. So, of course, Philip Morris owned a lot of shit, mainly cigarettes and different things. Um, But the gays and theys decided to just focus on these two subgenres because they're like the biggest ones. But Jesse Helms was in politics for a while, most notably as a U.S. senator for the North Carolina, the North Carolina, between 1973 and 2003, which is way too long in my opinion. And during that time, he tried to take down the National Endowment for the Arts because of... uh, Robert Mapplethorpe and his gayness. And also he fought against funding uh, for federal research and treatment of HIV slash AIDS. He voted against RBG's confirmation to the Supreme Court, which is fine, I guess, sort of, but she still got in there. But because she like supported like the hashtag gay agenda, allegedly. But anyways. Not very well. Not very (laughs) well. Exactly. That's why I'm like, he he could have just supported her anyway, but yeah, he's in hell now. He's dead. Hallelujah. Um, the witch is dead. But yeah, yeah. so this is him. He's he's giving me de- like Cheney vibes. Yeah. So is this like their crab rave? Is this what is happening here, or is this before he died? Before he died. Oh, this damn. is because they uh so because Philip Morris supported him and gave him so much money, they were like, you know what? We, for the first time, as queers, have, like, what is it, like, the pink capitalism? Like, we've got that cash, and so we can control the economy. So we're going to boycott Miller Lite, and we're going to boycott Marlboro cigarettes. And I don't know, I don't, I didn't look up the outcome of this because I forgot, but I don't know. They, they, they thought it would be good. Also, you know, it, it's, it, it reminds me of, like, the orange juice boycott of the earlier years with, uh, oh, what's her face? An- Anita? Anita Bryant. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm, I'm really loving the, the red eyes and the fact that his witch's tights matches his tie. We, we yeah. love some queer labor action. Yeah. I'm wearing my Pits and Pervert shirt tonight from it's- the, because I did some union work right before I came. What? So you know, appropriate. A great cast, though. He yeah. does. He's got like it's like they made him the Wicked Witch of the West with his like little ruby slippers, and I'm really confused. They're that, like, mixing up the imagery a bit as like a Wizard <laughs> of Oz queen. Like they're a bit confused. They I don't know if these are friends of Dorothy who drew this. Yeah, it is strange. <laughs> Did she wear yellow and green stockings, or is I I didn't look up to to see if that was symbolic of like North Carolina or like something that Jesse Helms was, or if she wore them and that's why it was a thing. I think it was black and white. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I don't know if we see her stockings because the witch we see with the slippers on and tights—that's the wicked witch of the east who get the house falls. Oh, on. you're right. Yes. God, I am okay. so gay. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Amazing. Yeah, we don't really see uh, the Wicked Witch one. of the West's accoutrement. You're right. And she never wears the slippers. Right. But she does say Surrender Dorothy. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess... So maybe this one... Oh, yeah. Hmm. Surrender, Jesse. Yeah. But also, you're wearing the Wicked Witch of the East. I'm well, maybe she has stockings. killed Dorothy. What is Tea Room Entrapment at Penn Station? Oh, so Tea Room, I believe, is another word for, like, a bathroom. Yeah, it's and, a type of, like, cruising. Yeah, so, like, they, someone, a cop came and 
arrested someone at Penn Station for getting it on. It's like the American version of cottaging, I think. Because like mm. cottaging is mainly British slang, I think. Is this what cottage core is all about? I wish. I've heard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the reason I scooched on away is I also have some old gay magazines. I don't know if they have personals in them, I don't think. But I thought if maybe you'd do. be interested. Because I got these at the Gerber Heart when I was helping weed. Hell fucking yeah. So this is the... Um, Similar to Woodstock, but with better hair. So this is the 1995... Uh, it's a 1995 dragazine for the magazine for Halloweeners and in-betweeners. As it's a as seen on TV's issue, that and this the cover is Lana Luster interview with a vamp, and this queen is dressed like Norma Desmond from Sunset Boulevard, which is great. So I just thought that was fun, and then it's got you know, Wigstock, Lady Bunny, on the back, uh, but. The real fun one is Girlfriends, America's Fastest Growing Lesbian Magazine from March, April 1997. And this is the first ever lesbian men we love issue. (laughs) That's incredible. What year? Uh, this is 1997. Did I see Leonardo DiCaprio on there? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, Baby Butch. Um, Why Drew Carey is a dyke. Is Howard Stern our friend? Dennis Rodman invited to our locker room. Brad Pitt, lesbian love object number one. We'll save the best for last because that's a surprise (laughs) there. Uh, So some of the departments are Ask Dr. Dyke. There's letters from the editor, girl talk, sports. Of course, there's horoscopes. But so the last... uh, lesbian men we love is the truth david duchovny is out there the reason i took this from the gerber heart i mean they had another copy that's why i was allowed to take it they were weeding though is um Mm -hmm. this is the centerfold (laughs) oh my god five reasons why david duchovny is a lesbian sex symbol and it's a centerfold of uh david duchovny i don't Oh, he's wearing khakis, so he's in his, like, X-Files outfit, but without his trench coat, and he's got, like, a polka dot tie, and he's, like, laying seductively on a bed, like, holding the pillow. Five reasons. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know, I'm like, there could be something hiding, I don't know. Yeah, and so... I do love that his pants are so pressed, like, they're, uh... Oh, yeah. He's got that crease. This is bulge, though. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gender envy. Oh, yeah. No, there's a I reason know. I took this. <laughs> Five reasons. Number one, he's smart. He holds a master's degree in English literature from Yale. <laughs> it was good. on his way to a doctorate when he decided to give acting a try. Two, he lives like a dyke. <laughs> he's a vegetarian. He practices yoga. He fell in love with Winona Ryder. And he speaks apologetically about not sleeping on a futon. (laughs) Three, chicks love him. Members of the David Duchovny estrogen brigades, many of them lesbian, have been overloading the internet and post office with love letters and fan zines. And important note to our listeners, zines has an apostrophe in front of it, (laughs) which is adorable. Four, women come first. (laughs) A regular in Showtime's feminist erotica Red Shoe Diaries, Duchovny is an activist for female sexuality. (laughs) Doubters should check out episode three, Another Woman's Lipstick, in which a woman spies on her philandering husband and ends up not enraged, but in bed with the other woman. <laughs> now I would watch this. Five. I would. He's ACDC on TV. <laughs> he turned his sex symbol status on its head by appearing on the Larry Sanders show as himself with a crush on his real-life pal Gary Shandling. As a yuppie writer in California, he practically fell in love with Brad Pitt. And on TV's Twin Peaks, he convincingly played a transvestite, you know, older language, uh, government mm. agent. 
I mean, that's the lesbians men we love issue. The this just makes me think of like, like I was listening or I was watching a stream and somebody was talking about how like the mummy is a, always a bisexual revelation. Like you either. Oh, you're either bi and somebody hands you the mummy or you watch the mummy for the first time and realize you're bi. And the X-Files is very similar. Like David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, like thank you for being there in the late uh, late 90s for uh, baby Sadie figuring things out. So I, I was a big, I was a big like Scully Dyke and then I turned into a, a fag and now I'm just Mulder. <laughs> I'm not attracted to either of them. I'm just Mulder now. But, you know, lesbian and we love, I think it fits with the theme. But yeah, those are some of my prized possessions. I love them. <laughs> I, that I have a David Duchovny centerfold <laughs> in a lesbian magazine. That absolutely suits you. <laughs> I know. It's so good. I think you need it framed. It's gender. There's a man in a lesbian centerfold. <laughs> and it's David Duchovny, you know. It's gender. It is very gender. That that's been this episode. Mm-hmm. It's been gender. It has been gay gender. I still I still want to meet my man, meet muscle husband. Listen, I'm sure if you went out and found him in NYC, he's probably still out there. Because like I'm a monster fucker, and he's a man meat monster. You know. Yeah. It's meant to be. It is. Yeah. I'll look him up. Okay. Get back to me. Report <laughs> back. A lot of report backs that we're waiting on. Yeah, like Louisa, have you fucked yeah. in the library yet? <laughs> okay, uh, Haley, was there anything you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, I have myself advertised on Lex and for more guests for my little show because you know, always need that new content, baby. So if anybody out there listening wants to to hang out with some queer personal ads definitely hit me up you know via the twitter or the instagram or through filling out the uh google form on my link tree Uh, yeah q for q personal ads at gmail.com and whatnot but i really appreciated you guys like talking with you guys like thank you so much for i don't know which who which one are you texted me over twitter i think it was justin okay he mostly does our twitter and then every once in a while i'll be like justin can i retweet this thing i'm worried people will be mad at me and he's like fuck it just do it and i'm like okay yeah, it's your twitter like i retweeted the like uh i love the netflix subscription thing now and it's just how you pirate things with plex <laughs> but yeah i really i really enjoyed this i'm glad that you you reached out and i really enjoyed getting to know you guys don't hesitate to contact me if you need anything even if it's just a couch to sleep on in dc yeah so i'll put all the links for everything um and the in the show notes okay yeah hell yeah thank you so much good night